Hey, Sanctus Church, good morning. We're so glad that you're joining us on this Vision Sunday. On behalf of Pastor Samuel and myself, we're so glad that you're deciding to be with us today. Now, you might be brand new to our church, like Sam is, (laughs) or actually you might have been with us for years, like me. No matter where you're coming from, uh, three times a year we take a pause. And we sort of thank God for what he's done. Mm -hmm. We find out what God is doing right now and what God's about to do. Now, last September and in January, Pastor Dave, who is no longer with us, and myself, we sat just like this, and we divided last year into three sort of experiences, September to December, uh, December to Easter, and then Easter to summer. So now that's sort of done. We're coming into summer. So we want to take a moment to outline where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. But before we do that... Uh, we need to take a, a pause, a, a breath, a moment, and we need to acknowledge how tough this year has yeah, been. Yeah, I mean, sure. I don't think we've ever lived anything through anything oh, like yeah. this. And words like languishing were introduced into our vocabulary. Mm-hmm. There's so much division. We're all tired. We're all, we're all weary. And so we want to start by saying thank you. Uh, we know some of this, but not all of this. For the thousands of good works, phone calls, Zoom calls, reaching out to your neighbor, teaching your kids in lockdown about the Christian faith, uh, loving those who've lost people. Like, Mm. you have been spectacular as a church. And so on behalf of the board and the staff, we just want to thank you for being faithful Christians, loving Christians, even when you're exhausted and frustrated, like all of us. For sure. When Pastor Sam joined our team, he was sharing some stuff with the staff. And when he did this one section, I went, I came to you and I went, you got to share this. Yeah. So why don't you just uh, lead us through this pastoral moment to sort of refocus us as we think about the year. Sure. No, thank you, John. Thank you for sharing just the impact of the Sanctus family. Thank you so much for your generosity and serving, even in the midst of this challenging time. And so you've been so generous with your time and yeah. talents and treasures, but yet even with all the generous expressions of love, I'm sure it's, it hasn't been easy. Yeah. And uh, we've faced so many challenges and difficulties. It seems like this never ends. Never it's a ends. never ending situation. Right. And even in my previous church context, we faced also similar challenges this past year. And so I guess regardless of our church or city yep. or even country, right. we're all facing this. We're all going through this. And uh, we're all wondering when it's going when to end. end. Yeah. It's going to end. So some of you actually may know, even my wife, Anne, is an internal medicine physician here mm-hmm. in Lake Ridge. And so she deals with the sickest COVID patients. And so I, I get to hear as a byproduct of all the challenges, yeah. many of the families and who've lost family members, right. even young people on ventilators are facing um, you know, sicknesses uh, because of COVID. And so it's, it's tragic just to hear the pain and anguish of, right. of people's stories. And even some of you who may be watching um, have been directly affected or know someone who's been affected because of COVID. And it's been weary and you feel worn out and may even feel like giving up. And so I, this verse just came as an encouragement for us as a staff in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. I'd like to just read this Please. and just uh, unpack it a little bit. It says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at a proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So there are three things i just like to highlight from here. First is, do not become weary in doing good. You know, it's very easy in the season to become weary and give up. And so we feel tired and nothing's ever going to change. And so God wants us to do what is right and what is good, even when we don't feel like it. The second is, at a proper time, we will reap a harvest. You know, the harvest is um, there for a time, and there's a time coming when everything, every act of love, every care, every prayer, every act of generosity is like a seed that is planted that's going to bear fruit. And I think you're going to allude to some of that later on in our talk and just an, an encouragement to us. And third is, if we don't give up, 
there will come a harvest. And so the harvest is conditioned on us not giving up. Just right. imagine as a farmer, you're planting and you stop and you walk away from your, 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 your harvest. Right. You're like, you won't be there to receive the fruit of the seeds that you planted. And so it's easy to give up on God during the season, on prayer, on serving, on caring. But don't. Just keep doing good. Because if we don't give up, there's a time of harvest and fruit that will come from this. And so I just want to encourage all of you, yeah. uh, just during the season, just to continue to do what God is inspiring you to do. And so, John, I've heard so many good things and stories that have happened during, at Sanctus during the pandemic. Uh, can you share with us some of the amazing stories and experiences? They're almost like, as I mentioned, seeds right. that have been planted in the season. Yeah, um, I think we've all been in the place where we want to give up. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so I don't know if any of you remember our last baptism when I, I did a talk. Yeah. I talked about how we moved in the middle of the pandemic, because why not? Yeah. Everything else was crazy. <laughs> and we inherited this massive garden that hadn't been tended for at least two decades. And the first run at it, I don't know if you remember me sharing, we had in 24 hours, I think, filled 55 brown bags. And it wow. was like so much work. And wow. we were like, yeah, we did all this work. That's and then I looked at the garden was like, all I saw was death and brown and dead. I was like, was it worth it? And I felt really discouraged that mm. night. And then it was actually a Sunday morning. I got up because I was coming to the Ajax mm -hmm. uh, location to do what we're doing. Yep. And there was all this life underneath the surface. And so uh, sometimes we as staff have access to more stories than the church. Sure. So I want to talk about all the amazing things that did happen this year that we need to thank God for. And, and I just want you to sit back and bask in good news. Yeah, no, it's good. So here's the first thing. 75 people took Alpha wow. this year online. And many of them became followers of Jesus. And just, I want you to pause and think about this. People who are not going to spend eternity with us 12 months ago are now part of our family. That's amazing. And they all did it online. And we're just so thankful for that. And 61 couples took the marriage course in the middle of a pandemic online. We still ran 114 connect groups with youth and young adults yeah. and adults and stayed connected. I know in my life, my connect group was a, a lifeblood for me and my wife. Uh, 22 people went through the full releasing prayer process between lockdowns. <laughs> wow. we, we literally squeezed them in. Yeah. And then beyond that, Natalie and her team mentored and coached 49 other churches to get this process going or doing well or helping someone in another church during the last 12 That's months. Tremendous. And the wild cool thing is 71 more people signed up for releasing prayer in the last 12 months that we're now preparing to help. Uh, 51 people took freedom sessions online. And, and again, that's a major undertaking when someone wants to work their stuff out. Yeah. And they did it virtually wow. and work stuff out, which is amazing. And then, as we're going to see today, yeah. uh, by the end of this time, 33 people will have been baptized this year. That's... And again, we need to celebrate. I was saying this to the elders the other day. The average Canadian church is 89 people. Yeah. And we were able, during a pandemic, still to baptize 33 people. And as we mentioned... Some of them we couldn't even film publicly because they were coming from another faith and their life were being yeah, threatened. For sure. Yeah. So this is just like this, this incredible momentum that's been building. Hundreds of prayer calls. Our elders have absolutely loved doing elder prayer on Zoom. They've been praying with people all around the world. And one of the best ones I want to share, we got this, I'm going to read this, yeah, sure. uh, part of our Bowmanville community. Uh, it's an amazing story of a baby dedication yeah. we, we did online this year. So it reads like this. We just hosted a baby dedication for a Bowmanville family via Zoom. When I counted, there were 62 people's faces that I could see. It was so awesome to see the family have their friends and family join them, 
supporting them as they dedicated their child, committing to foster that environment where they would love God. And then they were so thankful for technology and that people from all across North America were able to be present for the mm -hmm. baby dedication. Amazing. So though this is not ideal, this has been incredible and it's opened up a lot of avenues. But what you might not know is we've been working hard in other ways. Samuel, why don't you talk about physical changes that yeah. no one would know because they haven't been in our buildings. Yeah, no, thanks, John, for sharing um, just how our spiritual house has been transformed right. and growing. That's amazing. But, you know, as you know, during this pandemic, we've been able to utilize our time to uh, fix our physical locations and right. to work towards that. And so that when we gather again, when you all return, we're going to see a slight changes in some of our locations. Right. Uh, here in our Ajax site, we've actually been able to uh, fix all the curbs outside. So. <laughs> Amen. That's a good yes, thing. Yes. Um, we've replaced or re are planning to replace our entire HVAC unit. So that's going to happen. And you're going to feel and experience a little difference as well with that. And finally, we are here in Ajax. We're finishing the studio that's being built uh, to allow for our hosting of our online site and continuing online services going forth even after we physically gather again. That will help our online site as well. And up in Port Perry, we are this summer actually going to be rebuilding our bathrooms in the kids' wing. So yes. that's huge, I hear. It is. <laughs> and uh, not only that, during this pandemic, we've been actively searching for physical permanent locations in Pickering and Bowmanville. Right. So we want to encourage you just to keep that in prayer that God would just provide and yep. open the right doors for that. So that's so big. And so, John, can you speak to us? We're so involved with our community partners and invested in that. How have they been doing in this season? So we all know that our local and global partners have lived through this just like us, but some of them in a much more difficult situation. And so we just want to stop and thank you uh, again yeah. on behalf of the staff and the board yeah, because sure. your financial generosity, which Sam is going to talk about yeah. a little bit later, <laughs> has been so strong this year. We didn't cut any support to any local or global partner in any way, shape, That's or form. Okay. And because of the vision fund giving, we were able at, around the Christmas time to even bless them more wow. than our regular giving. And and even a few weeks ago, our partners in India reached out because it's so bad yeah, in India. For sure. yep. And we were able, because of your generosity, even to give more money. And the local churches we partner there were able to buy PPE and oxygen yeah. and, and all the stuff they need so in good. Jesus' name. So and by the way, while we're talking about our partners in India, in the middle of the pandemic in April, which was really brutal, I don't know if you're following what's going on in India, uh, they baptized 10 people wow. who came, become followers of Jesus. Remember, they're working in a total Hinduistic worldview and place. Mm -hmm. 10 people publicly declared in the middle of the pandemic, Jesus is Lord, and they dedicated a new church building. Wow. So we need to thank God and remember yeah, that God so is on the move. And because of your generosity, things like that, are happening locally uh, and globally. Mm -hmm. The other thing uh, we want to talk about while we're thinking about local and global is multiculturalism. Mm -hmm. We started wrestling down in a very intentional way, moving from multiculturalism as a reality, like in person, to working it out in experience. Uh, Sam, why don't you give us an update on how we've been working intentionally in that yeah. area? No, for sure. And um, as Dave and John had mentioned in January and outlined that uh, we would intentionally grow in our understanding of multiculturalism and move our church actually from just being multicultural in attendance right. to be multicultural in experience, right. and how we relate to others and how we connect with others. And so I've so appreciated the growing value at Sanctus towards uh, understanding and appreciating global diversity and also within our congregation and our community right. that we're living in. So I'm actually reminded of a picture of, you know, in Revelation chapter 7 verse 9, it says there are a multitude of people 
that no one could number from every tribe and, and nation and peoples and languages were worshiping God. Yes. That's amazing it's when you think picture. about it. Yeah. yeah, and what's exciting is that we're witnessing a glimpse of, um, of heaven now with all the nations that are worshiping your sanctus and what we see in our community. Right. Um, but in reality, we're not in heaven yet. And nope. so <laughs> we need cultural <laughs> intelligence. Yes, we do. And how we interact with other people with different backgrounds and right. languages and customs and traditions. So we need to you know, improve um, all of us yeah. in, in how we understand and relate to others. And so um, we promised in January that the staff and the elders will learn uh, cultural intelligence. And right. so cultural intelligence is the ability uh, to work effectively with people of different cultural backgrounds. And it goes beyond just the existing notions of sensitivity right. and awareness. And so our staff and board are currently in active engagement in cultural intelligence. We're actually training with a, a group called the Mosaic Global Network. Yep. And so um, we're doing assessments, we're gonna have some training, and right. all this is just to help us uh, towards that vision as we see in Revelation. So uh, John, I know this assessment and the training is so important for the Sanctus staff. Can you just share um, how our elders have been proactive in developing and training themselves and, yeah. and, and their area. I'm so thankful that, you know, Sam gave that summary. And by the way, if you want to go online, you can just look up cultural intelligence. Yeah. It's been used uh, in uh, over a hundred countries, all the major corporations use yeah. it, but it was actually built by Christians yeah. based on Revelation 7, 9. Yeah. And why we love it so much is because it, it starts with each one of us, wherever we're starting from, and teaches us better to interact with someone else's culture. Yeah. So no one's over someone else. Yep. It's actually a level, a level playing field, and okay. we're gonna work hard to also see how we can get a resource even to volunteers yeah. in the future, to yeah. train them at every location. Because sure. from Port Perry to downtown Toronto <laughs> and all the way to Oakville, it's a different ballgame, sure. right? It's so we wanna, do, we wanna do this. Different. Now, as Sam said, the elders have been working hard too. Uh, because we changed our membership model, we were allowed uh, to actually have a, a lot more people ac access eldership. And so as we started doing that, we moved from a reactive uh, position to mm. a proactive position. And one of the things we said related specifically to multiculturalism is, wow, we need to be proactive to see how many people could be elders from all sorts of backgrounds. Yeah. And so we put uh, the word out. Mm -hmm. And since January, the board has done this incredible thing where they've started an intentional mentorship program. It doesn't mean they will become elders, yeah. but people who might become sure. elders. Yeah, yeah. And this is like a year process they're in. They started in January. I believe there's nine individuals right now from five different ethnic backgrounds, wow. all in interaction. And we're just so excited that the elders took that initiative. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's going really, really That's well. So good to hear. And, and uh, I mentioned it a few minutes ago. Let me do it again. Let's just talk about um, money because yeah. I'm sure a lot of people are going, how's the church? Because yeah. the world is pretty wild. Yeah, no, thank you, John. It's so great to hear how the elders are are, are uh, you know, serving and impacting all of us. And so um, we're so grateful for your generosity in this season. I know during the pandemic, it's been hard. It's been a difficult financial season for many of you. Um, but yet you've expressed your heart's gratitude to God by giving mm -hmm. for God's mission and purpose here at Sanctus. And so uh, Dave and the senior leadership, uh, even prior to me coming, yep. had to make some very difficult decisions. Brutal. Very hard, yep. hard on people, yep. hard on the staff. Uh, at the beginning of this pandemic, uh, that allowed us to actually stay in, in the black throughout the year. So Correct. that's a great blessing. Yeah, itself. absolutely. Um, we missed budget by 2%. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah, during a pandemic, <laughs> hold on, let me say that. So, so we haven't catch it. So, only 2%. Only 2%. Yeah, incredible. And that's because of your generosity, even during this pandemic, we were still able to reach our ministry goals. And right. so thank you, thank you, thank you. That is an expression of your love to God, that people's lives have still been changed. As John just mentioned, 
through your generosity and your giving. We've also been working on our new budget for f fiscal 2022. Yep. And uh, it has faith and optimism for a post-pandemic life. Yes. And we're hoping to continue to reach our goals and our visions. Uh, it's conservative in understanding the reality of the pandemic. And yep. we're uncertain how life will be you know, uh, in the coming months, in the yes. coming years. So we're going to present this budget to, the, to you all in the upcoming ministry directional meeting on Thursday, June 17th. Right. Hope you can join us as well for that. But uh, we'll be presenting it and so you can see that. So thank you for your generosity as we passionately pursue God's given mandate here at Sanctus. And so, uh, John, just exciting things for us in the future. Yeah, so that's the key word. Uh, the future. Yeah. Now, when we talk about the future these days, it's more like months than it is <laughs> years. Yeah. But we, we want to stop and say, that's where we've been. Mm -hmm. This is where we are. And we need to talk about where we're going. We are unashamedly still all in on our God-given mission mm -hmm. and our God-given vision. Yeah. And uh, as we are living, sort of feels like the tail end of this COVID reality and starting to walk out of it, uh, we need to ask the question, what are we going to do next? So the very first thing we want to do is we want to relay back to you the survey results we asked you as a congregation as we prepared for the sort of end of COVID and beginning of new life. And your survey results were really interesting. Sam, why don't you actually walk through those with us? Yeah, no, they've been very helpful for us because it's uh, given us some context and, and knowledge on, on what we should do next. And right. so I'd like to just uh, mention the results of it. And the question was first asked, when will you come back? Right. right? So here's some percentages. So 46.6% of you said that you're waiting for the vaccine or the vaccination. Uh, and that's good news because I hear that uh, vaccinations are, the process is speeding up. So right. that's good. 30.8% um, of you said that when we start having live worship, that hopefully you'll be back in yep. worshiping. 26.5% uh, of you said that uh, when we have kids ministry, Sanctus Kids right. running. 24.9% um, said when there's live preaching, when, when you're up there <laughs> sharing. And 20.6% uh, uh, when we actually can have social interaction, yeah, when yeah. we're not all masked and when we can actually talk and see and connect with each other. And so uh, the next question we actually asked was when things are fully open up, 100%, would you come back in person or would you continue online? So yeah. that's actually a very interesting uh, question with, here are the results, 46.2% uh, of you said you'll be back fully in person. All in. Yes, all in yep. worshiping. 43.5 said that you would utilize our online service um, when you can't make it in person. Maybe you're up at the cottage or you're sure. working and you just have to catch it at, on demand or uh, live stream at that right. time. Um, but 10% of you said that you would be actually part of our online site yep. uh, all or most of the time. So right. maybe part of our online community, community our yep, church right. there. And so uh, who knew that this pandemic would actually give us um, a, a gift? And that was Site 5. Site 5, that's right. Our online church. And so um, Site 5 is where we all go to church right now. That's our current reality. We're yeah. all actually part of this online yeah. site. As I said in January, <laughs> the biggest site launch in our history. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, also it's for when people uh, can't go to church. Right. Uh, they can access that. Or uh, when people get introduced to Sanctus, they've never been to Sanctus, but they, they get to capture the, the glimpse of what Sanctus is like, and they maybe continue to call it their, their site, their home. Right. Uh, and this also is what you're going to share with us shortly, is mm -hmm. it feeds us into uh, our house sites. Right. And so our online site is a portal to uh, the house sites. And so, John, can you share what's the vision and purpose for yeah. our house sites? So we introduced this in January and have spent a lot of time between January and now working it out. It wasn't just something we threw out yeah. and then walked away from. Uh, as so many churches are actually preparing their own funerals, 
really. Yeah. We're going to come out of COVID uh, strong. Mm. We're going to be reopening. We'll talk about this in a minute. Yep. Our current sites, we're going to uh, continue to strengthen site five. But we added house sites to our multi-site tool belt. And we're going to envision house sites functioning in three ways. So just, just let me say this. I'm going to read it yeah. so I say it absolutely <laughs> correct. Uh, first of all, number one, pandemic reentry. House sites will provide a solution for people who feel they might need longer than others to feel comfortable returning to a large gathering after the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. The second is a strategy to launch future sites. Sure. We're going to use house sites to build core groups of people and leaders in the geographical areas that God has asked us to go to. And then we can launch more permanent sites later. Yep. The third are what we'll call permanent house sites. They would most likely exist in geographical regions that will not have a local site that we know about right now. Now, we made this clarification in January. Let me do it again. House sites are different from in-home connect groups or other connect small expressions. House sites are celebrate big discipleship expressions. They happen at a regular time every week and you gather together in a home to watch basically what yep. we're seeing on site five. You engage with the sermon, you worship together, you hang out after together. Uh, there can be overlap between, of course, a house site and connect groups, but they are different and they have different emphasis. Now, what we're gonna do today that was different than January is that if you are interested in launching a house site or joining a house site, you can sign up at housesiteatsanctuschurch.com. Yep. Yep. And so if you're, for example, in Oakville or in Stouffville or in Port Hope, and you're like, we know you're coming, I'm open to that. Or you might say I'm in Pickering or Ajax or Whitby, and I'd like to open my home in time when the government, we're gonna work out the governmental yeah, yeah. things, yep. uh, in the transition, I'm open. So we're gonna ask you to sign up today. House sites at sanctuschurch.com. When you go and email, you'll get a survey and will help us understand. Yeah. But this is so important because as we were saying, this is gonna allow us to get ourselves established in all 10 locations yeah. sooner no, than we sure. thought. Yep. And so we're asking you please to move forward uh, with that as we work things out. Now, the next question a lot of people are thinking yeah. about is, when are we opening Ajax, Port Perry, Bowmanville, and Pickering? Yeah, no, that's, I think that's a million dollar question. That's a million dollar question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as the government gives us permission, uh, our hope is to immediately open Ajax and Port Perry um, at any percentage. So I think yeah. the next stage says about 15%. 15% so yeah. when the government gives the go ahead, we're going to have uh, live worship and live preaching at yep. our Ajax site and Port Perry. Um, and we're also planning and budgeting for our goal is for our four physical sites to be up and gathering in person in September. So that's our goal. And we're planning, preparing and budgeting for that um, and still continue to grow our online site. So that's still going to continue as we've just talked about. So I want to encourage you that when you're ready to return, to come prepared and plan to worship together, uh, to serve together. You see, we can't fulfill this God-given mission without, without you. Right. We, we're in this together. Yeah, like it, we can't launch a children's ministry if there aren't volunteers. Yes. Uh, the other thing to say too is you're gonna have, lot, you're gonna have to have lots of grace yes. because we're trying to work out how many worship teams can we have? Yes. When can we have certain things? So there's gonna be some ups and downs as we reestablish each site. And we're just asking for your grace. It's not gonna be exactly as we want it day yes. one. Yeah, no, and that's why we need everyone to work together and serve and to give time and, and your talents to serve in different various ministries because it may be a progression in how it's being Correct. Uh, rolled out. But uh, so that's the plan. So as soon as the government says something uh, in the summer, Ajax and Port Perry, and then the fall in September, we're hoping that all our four physical sites and keep praying for those locations as well yep. in Bowmanville and Pickering as well. But 
that's, that's our hope. And so, so, John, why do we do all this? Like, yeah. <laughs> why do we prepare an online service? Why do we need to volunteer and serve in worship or family ministries or care, guest services, our releasing prayer? Yeah. And, like, why? People. <laughs> this is what we've got to remember, yeah. people. And as you're about to see, we're going to witness six more baptisms today. Actually, there were seven. We, we filmed six of them. And we want you to stand up in your living rooms or wherever you might be and cheer and yes. see God's work. And yeah. we want to invite you to do that. But before we go to that moment, let me just read this really odd verse mm-hmm. out of Genesis 26. And this should be, I think, our focus for the summer. Uh, Isaac, Abraham's son, has an encounter with God. It says in Genesis 26.1, Genesis Now there was a famine in the land beside the previous famine in Abraham's time. And then God says to Isaac in verse 3, Stay in the land for a while, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants, I'm going to give you all mm. the land to confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make you uh, your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. I will give them all these lands, and through your offspring, all the nations on earth will be blessed. Which, yeah. of course, we know is Jesus. Yeah. But it's verse 12, which is the odd, weird, beautiful thing. Verse yeah. 12 says, Isaac planted crops in the land, and that same year... He reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. Isaac planted a vineyard in a famine (laughs) because God told him to. And God did this unbelievable thing. Now, we're not up here saying, oh, listen, we've done so well. It's not going to be a hundredfold. No, no. Here's what we're saying. God is going to take all the work we have done and we are going to do over the summer. And in the last year, we've been planting in a desert-like condition. God's going to put his hand on it. And there's going to be more growth, not Mm. less. And so you need to pray into that. You need to believe that, not because it's sort of pie in the sky, because we have the promises of God. And one of the best evidences of that is what we're going to watch next. So we invite you now to see these baptisms, to celebrate what God has done this year. And we look forward to seeing you virtually or in person sooner than later. God bless you. Thank you. God bless.